0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the word out of Guardians camp is that they've added Uh, A couple more pitchers to the uh, the roster for spring training, uh, non-roster invitees from within the organization. Right-handers Mason Hickman and Jack Leftwich, both guys who were uh, you know recent uh, draft picks. Uh, Hickman a a 2020 fifth round pick, and Leftwich a 2021 seventh round pick, Uh, and and both are guys who are sort of working their way on an upward trajectory. Uh, through the uh, the minor league system, uh, what do you think of of adding these guys to to at least give them a taste of uh, what the big league camp is like?
0: Yeah, Joe, it makes sense. Uh, you know, you need as many arms as you want as you can get in in the early part of spring training, and uh, I would I'm sure uh, Stephen Vogt and his coaching staff want to see as many young arms as as they can. You know, Hickman is a you know, fifth round pick. Out of Vanderbilt in 2020, the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, <laughs> what what the draft that was, uh, uh, the COVID draft, it was, I think that was, he was the last pick, right? I think it was only, only five, a five rounds, round, yeah. Yeah. So, and he got moved to the bullpen uh, last season. He's a big guy, 6'6", 225, um, you know, has, you know, obviously struck out a Averaged eleven point eleven point seven strikeouts per nine innings in thirty five appearances at Akron. So, uh, you know, he I guess uh, you know they want they, that probably plays up better in the bullpen than it did in the rotation.
1: Yeah, and and you talked about that size that six six you know two uh, what two thirty five that's that, that he sounds like a a Guardians reliever if he's that big. So uh you know that's the you know he fits that profile. Uh leftwich uh, a guy who uh came out of that 2021 draft, right?
0: Yeah, 7th round pick in in 2021 out of the University of Florida. Uh he was at Akron as well with Hickman uh, last season. He kind of did a little bit of everything uh, for, uh, in 23 appearances, d- made 14 starts, went six and seven with a 5.19 ERA. Um, he's six4 220, um, struck out 70 in 78 innings, uh, only walked 25 guys. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how, you know, he pitches and uh, how he does in camp and how much of a chance he gets in camp right now. You know, right now, Joe, they've got, 22 spring training invitees uh coming to camp and uh, you know the the majority of those are pitchers
1: yeah and and guys like Hickman and Leftwich, they're uh, they're not here for a long time they're here for a good time I guess and uh, you know just to sort of get a feel for you know what uh, what that big league experience is like and maybe to get some of the uh, uh, the big league coaches eyes on them so that you know they know when they do arrive, uh possibly at some point this season maybe next season uh they they know what they've got uh with them and they know uh, a little bit about them so uh something to keep an eye on uh hey uh for our listeners who are, are tuned in and, and you know want to get updates sent directly to their phone uh about training camp uh, about the comings and goings uh, who's in camp and who's performing and uh just you know injuries anything that's going on with this team uh subtext is the best way to do it uh, you can go to uh, cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, it's 3.99 dollars a month to subscribe, and we get you uh, all the Guardians updates you can handle on your phone. And it's a chance for you to uh, text us your questions and responses to uh, some of the things that we post. Uh, love to hear hear from you there. Hoinsie, uh we want to jump into today's uh, focus, and that's, uh, you know what questions do we have about camp? What questions are we dying to get answered uh, at, uh, at at spring training and and really just about this Guardians club as they enter the 2024 season? Uh, these are the, the the top ten questions facing the Guardians in 2024, uh, and and you know just your reaction to them, and 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 you know maybe we'll try to try to get a clearer picture of what's ahead of us uh, for this season, uh, at the end of this, uh, number one, can the guardians win the AL central this season? Uh, you know, they, they can, can they find a way to win this division, uh, with what they've got in camp right now, uh, behind, uh, you know, good defense, uh, you know, surprising pitching and, and the bats of Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor. Yeah,
0: Joe, it's, you know, it's, the, the one thing that, that they have in their favor is that it's not a powerhouse division. You know, there, there's not a lot of, you know, untouchable teams in the division. So, you know, that, that kind of opens the door for them. You know, we know that, you know, from the, from the makeup of the, you know, the four other teams in the division, um, you know, it would have been nice if uh, I thought Cleveland would have added a little more to this ball club after last season. Uh, and, uh, you know, Especially on the offensive side, but they did not, and uh, you know that that you know that that makes me wonder just you know how what what their intentions are this season are are they are they you know they they always say you know we're in this to we're, every year they say we, our goal is to win the World Series you know you wonder uh, just if, if this is a, a season where they're kind of regrouping under a new manager and uh, you know trying to uh, see exactly what they have or uh, you know are they going all, all are the, are they all in and uh, you know right now i think uh, you know i just don't know where they sit and it's going to be interesting to see how they they come out of the gate here
1: yeah the uh, the predictions uh for them i think the uh uh the baseball america prediction is is somewhere uh, just north of maybe 80 wins uh and second place in the division and the fan graphs uh prediction is somewhere north of 83 wins and uh, second place in the division. So, uh, yeah, the, the metrics and everything uh, on, on paper uh, say that it's going to be a, a struggle to get back on top in the Central, uh, but, uh, you know, that's that's why they play the games and, and that's why uh, the human factor, uh, you know, usually comes out on top there uh, in the end. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. And, and one other thing that, uh, you know, you wrote in your post uh, yesterday uh team to 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 factor in on this is the tigers as well.
0: Yeah, the tigers finished second last season. They really handled Cleveland throughout the uh the whole uh you know si- uh season in the season series between the two teams. Uh they're a young team and they're not, they're just getting better, Joe, and uh, if they could ever keep their pitching healthy, they're going to be a handful. All right, question number
1: 2. Uh how are the Guardians going to score more runs? uh there's there's got to be more than just uh Ramirez and and Josh Naylor in that lineup. Uh can they fig, can they take this season to to maybe identify that that other bat in the lineup that's going to that's going to put up runs and provide some power?
0: Yeah, Joe, that's the, you know, the thing that that concerns me. You know, they finished 27th in in in, in the big leagues and runs scored last season. Um, you know, and uh it just uh, what did they do to get better I mean, uh, you know, I, I know it's it's a young team. I know, uh, you know, they're counting on their younger players to take an, the next step in their development. Guys like, uh, you know, Steven Kwan, and uh, you know, uh, we we still haven't seen have we seen the best of whoever is playing shortstop, Rokio or Arias. Uh, you know, Josh Naylor is still, you know, fairly young player. Um, you know, who Bo Naylor behind the plate is going to help. But you know, you know, it would have been nice. I thought to add an impact bat. They didn't do that. And and I've, right now, you know, you're looking at them. You know, perhaps getting lucky with with one of their younger hitters, younger one of their younger power hitters, a guy like Manzardo or or John Kenzie Noel or Rodriguez. You know, the Rule Five guy, uh, Dyson, uh, Dale Santos, and you know that's where they're sitting right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, identifying that, that young uh, guy to, to step forward and of that group that you mentioned, Manzardo, uh, maybe even Will Brennan, John Kenzie Noel, uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, Estevan Floreal, uh, Davison and De Los Santos, uh, somebody's got to come out of that group. Who do you think has the best chance to do that?
0: Yeah, you know that's that's a you know that's a tough call. I think uh, Florial is going to get a chance in center field. You know he hit 28 home runs with the Yankees at Triple A last season. You know, and I I think Brennan. You know he hit over 260 last season. Um, you know we didn't see the power, we didn't see the doubles, we didn't see the uh, production we thought we'd see. But you know that was his first full season, and uh, you know I would i would keep my eye on him to see if he can take a step forward as far as you know driving in runs and, and being a run producer
1: if uh if if it all just collapses if the the worst case scenario hits uh w- what happened then if if we're talking about that at the end of the season
0: oh well you know i i don't know they, they they've They've, uh, you know, they've got, they've kind of put themselves in the corner, a corner. They're, they're banking on this young roster. They've been the youngest team in the big leagues. This could be the third straight for the third straight year. You know, the, it, they've kind of attached their wagon to these guys, and I think, uh, you know, it all depends at the end of the year if they've seen enough or or they've or they're still gonna, you know, think there's more in this roster. If not, they're gonna have to, uh, you know, go outside and and add some players.
1: Uh, question number three. Moving on, uh, who's going to start in center field? Uh, we saw Miles struggle, Miles Straw struggle uh, throughout uh, the last season. Um, uh, you know, after signing that uh, uh, that contract extension the year before, he uh, just really hasn't been the same. Uh, what's uh, you know what's the what's the the prediction there in center field, and and you know what what's mo- most likely to happen there?
0: I think Florio is going to get a long look. Estevan Florio, the guy they got from the Yankees. Uh, you know, I I think um, it was it was made pretty clear by the front office that, you know, if Miles Straw doesn't hit, if he doesn't produce, they're not going to run him out there for 500 at-bats again. So, you know, to me, center field is wide open. Um, and uh, if it's not Florio, if it's not uh, Straw, you know, uh ramon Laureano's an experienced center fielder they could move him over from right field brennan can play you know center field so you know those are those are the candidates i mean they could even you know move kwan there but i don't think they're going to move mess with kwan you know he's had a lot of success over the last two years in left field right
1: yeah and 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 the really right now outside the organization just doesn't seem like it's an option so uh, you know those are the names and those are the that's the pool that they're drawing from is uh guys like florio and Loriano and brennan and and maybe quan uh, as well uh possibly you know later on in the season if things are going south uh, you could see Chase DeLauder or George Valera
0: yeah you know valera probably is a little ahead of uh, delator uh you know he's got to stay healthy though joe he he had a chance last year and really couldn't you know he had had really a tough time staying on the field uh number question number 4 uh who's going to start at shortstop
1: we've talked about this sort of uh, at length in previous podcasts uh gabriel arias uh, all signs sort of point to him getting the 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 first shot and the the majority of the uh the opportunity there uh but Brian Rocchio is right there uh pushing behind him.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting uh to watch these two compete in camp. Um you know, Gay Arias, you know, I would think has the uh, you know has a leg up on the position coming into camp, but you know, you, you, they're also dealing with a new manager here. He's got, a, he's going to have a fresh set of eyes on the roster. His opinion is going to carry, you know, a lot of weight. He's never seen these guys up close and day in and day out. So, you know, we'll have to see both how both these guys play, and uh, what the front office, how much input they have, and how much input, uh, you know, vote and the coaching staff have.
1: Yeah, from from Stephen vote's perspective, when we asked him at Guards Fest. Uh, about this position battle uh, you know he kind of got excited he he saw you saw that gleam in his eye. he's he's I can't wait for these guys to get to camp and and to start seeing them compete uh, with each other and so so that that message is pretty clear that these guys know that it's a competition it's not just you know one anointed player at at that position it's going to be uh, you know uh, the ability for a young guy like Rokio boy if I'm Brian Rokio I'm just taking every swing uh, against a left-handed pitcher I can get uh, just to show that, hey, I can hit left-handers. If you put me in, I'm a switch hitter. Uh, just, uh, you know, based off of what Arias did uh, last year, uh, I still think in the end it's going to shake out with Gabriel Arias uh, being the starter on opening day, but uh, we shall see. All right, number five, uh, question number five, are Shane Beaver and Tristan McKenzie ready to rejoin the rotation on a regular basis? Uh, these are two guys who were limited last year. Uh, 21 starts for for Shane Bieber, four starts for Shane McKenzie, or Shane Bieber, uh, four starts for Tristan McKenzie. Uh, injuries, uh, elbow injuries, very concerning kind of stuff. Uh, career type kind of uh, questions for uh, a guy like McKenzie was a little bit, uh, you know, worse off than than Bieber. Uh, you know, where do you think these guys are heading into camp?
0: Well, that's this is the biggest question to me, Joe, of uh, spring training. Um, if if McKenzie and Bieber are healthy, if they open the season in a rotation uh, along with those three rookies that that pitched so well last season, that's a, that's a solid rotation. That's probably one of the best rotations. You know, in baseball and, and, and definitely one of the best rotations in the AL Central. So that could carry them a long way. The question is, are they healthy? And uh, we won't find that out until they get through camp and, uh, you know, they open the season. How... The, the, you know how are they gonna how is vote and the coaching staff and Kyle Willis gonna handle these guys in the early days of camp? Do they you know do they you know slow play them? Do they ease them into the uh, Cactus League season? Uh, you know how long how much do they get stretched out? It's it, that's those are all vital questions and you know that's what spring training is for.
1: I mean this could go back to another point that we made earlier in the podcast about why they've got you know 22 uh non-roster invitees and and all these extra arms in camp it might just be uh to 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 slow play these guys and protect them cuz you you can't do that unless you've got the uh, the arms to eat up the innings uh around them and and bring them along at the at the pace that you like uh the other the other factor here is Carl Willis uh you know I, I think a lot of faith and a lot of uh you know what uh, what vote is going to be doing is going to be is relying on carl willis's experience and you know carl willis knows how to not get uh, a starting pitcher injured or uh, overworked in spring training especially a guy coming back off an of injury he's done it a million times in his career so uh, i think a lot of trust and a lot of faith is going to be put in carl willis uh
0: coming up yeah great point joe great point point. and another factor is you know what do you do with beaver you know, if, okay, let's say he starts the season and he's in, you know, he's, he's, you know, the Bieber from uh, uh, 2022, you know, he, he's ready to pitch 200 innings, you know, and, but this is the last year of his contract. When do you trade him? Or do you, if you're in contention, you know, become the, come the deadline at the end of July and early August, do you ride him out and uh, let him turn free agent? If you have a chance to win the division, That that's going to be fascinating to me
1: yeah and and if you do do that if you, if you do that if you take that course and you you ride him all the way through the uh, the end of the season and you get into the playoffs and you ride him through the playoffs uh you know you get a draft pick for him if he if he leaves in free agency so uh that that's the you know the only upside to 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 that kind of scenario as well uh question number 6 how will starters Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen and Gavin Williams perform in their sophomore seasons uh, this was uh, the trio of the next wave of, 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 Cleveland's young starting pitching, uh, developed in the, the, the minors, uh, the player development staff that does such a, a fantastic job of getting guys ready. Uh, and, and now here they are. They've arrived. Uh, now they've, they've had an offseason. Uh, you know, all the accolades, all the, the, the talk is over. Now they've got to come back. And how much are we expecting these guys to, uh, sort of, uh, you know, step forward and and take that next step or maybe uh, show a little bit of a regression in the second year.
0: Yeah, Joe. That's you know that another really uh, intriguing part of spring training, a part of the early uh, you know part of the regular season. Uh, you know we saw this you know overall with the club last season. They had the great 2022 when all those young players meshed together and and you know won 92 games and made a deep run in the postseason. The next year, last year, you know there was some ups and downs. There was some you know peaks and valleys by several of the players. You know does that same thing happen with uh, Bybee allen and williams or do they you know just continue to progress like we saw they did last season that's why i kind of wrote the best case scenario they, they all, all three of them make between 25 and 30 starts the worst case scenario one or two of them struggle so we'll have to see you know that's uh, like you said uh, that's why they play the games
1: yeah the other point that you made here was that in 2019 shane Bieber, zach Plesac, and aaron savali had all come up uh, they, were, they were all homegrown uh, starting pitching, like like uh, Gavin Williams, uh, Logan Allen, and Tanner Bybee are. Uh, their records, you know, Bieber 15 and 8, Pleissack 8 and 6, and uh, Savali 3 and 4 in 10 starts. Uh, really, uh, you, and you make the prediction there, if nothing unforeseen happens, that uh, Allen Beebe, uh, uh, Bybee and and Williams should do better than that. Do you do you do you see that that trio that group uh, can can perform better than, say, you know, the way Bieber, Plesek, and Savali did in their, their first season together in the rotation?
0: I, I do, Joe. I mean, I think, um, you know, you're going to get a – th- these guys are going to get a chance to open a year in the rotation. That wasn't the case, you know, with uh, Savali and, and I and I don't think uh, Policek. I thought they were, both came up fairly early in the season, but it was because of injuries. So uh, these guys are going to get a chance, you know, out of the gate to start, um, and, uh, I think that if, if they are, if they are healthy and if they're consistent, you know, I think, uh, they have a chance to do better, you know, to, to do better than those three guys. I mean, it's going to be tough to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bieber had, you know, just, uh, you know, he had a great year in, in, uh, 2019, won 15 games, you know, d- does, uh, does one of those guys match him? But I think overall, those three guys could, you know, could, Put forth a better effort than the three, you know, uh, Bieber, Polizzi, and Savali.
1: Yeah, really a breakout year for Bieber back in 2019. Won the All-Star Game MVP and 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 really sort of uh, stepped into that, uh, you know, becoming Shane Bieber uh, sort of uh, of presence there in the lineup. So uh, we'll uh, we'll look at that and we'll look forward to that. Uh, question number seven: Can Emmanuel Class a bounce back? Uh, I would say. Uh, sub question number seven. Uh will Emmanuel Classe finish the season on the Guardians roster uh with the, the amount of trade talk that has been generated in this offseason. Uh but let's focus on you know his performance from last year. <clears throat> Obviously, this is a guy who's been been worked pretty hard over the last three seasons and uh you know he's 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 responded, he's performed. Uh what's uh what's the twenty twenty-four season hold for Uh, Emmanuel Class A coming off a year where he blew 12
0: saves. Yeah, I think uh, Class A, you know, kind of reverts back to uh, the 2022 version of Class A. I think he's, you know, I think last season there was a lot of, uh, you know, kind of weird stuff that happened to him when he was on the mound. And I think that happens to closers sometimes. I think it evens out this season. I think he has, a you know, another solid year. And I think, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, Joe, having, you know, a healthy Trevor Stephan. And the, the the addition of Scott Barlow in the late innings, I think that's going to help him. I mean, you know, he's not, you know, this guy, Joe, the last three years, and we've talked about this before, he's made over 220 appearances the last three years. I mean, you know, that's crazy. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you you look at that, and yeah, you can say he's efficient, you know, he, he gets, you know, the innings are quick. That's still a lot of work. So, um, you know, we'll, I, I think, you know, if he... If they can manage his workload a little better, I think he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, it, it, every time you would talk to Tito or Carl Willis about uh, Class A and talk about the, the managing his his workload and his you know the pitches that he throws and all that, they they always talk about oh and he knows how to warm up really well. He's he, he's efficient in his warm ups, so so he's only throwing a few warm up pitches. Is that what you're telling me? That's that's sort of the uh, the way you're going here. I I, I agree. I think uh, you know the worst case scenario is that that everything sort of piles on itself and and all of those 220 plus appearances catch up to him. Uh, you know I I don't want to be the guy that says uh, you know hey he's a he's an elbow you know blowout waiting to happen. But but uh, you know let's again let's let's take the foot off the gas. Maybe the new manager. Maybe the new approach uh you know cuts his workload a, a little bit more maybe maybe the season plays out where the the save opportunities just maybe aren't there and, and he doesn't have to pitch every other day uh like he did uh this past season so uh we'll, we'll see if that's the case uh with Emmanuel Clase and Joe, know, the the the, the trade stuff great- will
0: work itself out yeah, that's a great point, Joe, because, you know, that's why I would have liked to see them improve the offense a little more. You know, the last two years, how many one-run games have they played? You know, it, it seems like every every almost, you know, 60% of their games are, aren't decided until the eighth or ninth inning. And, you know, that puts a lot of stress not only on Class A, but all those, you know, those, the whole bullpen entirely.
1: Yeah. And and all the uh, reporters and and beat writers covering the team. Right. (laughs) Uh, We're we're stressed out as well. Uh, Question number eight. Can Jose Ramirez keep ticking? Uh, I like this. uh, Hoinze, can can Jose Ramirez continue at the MVP level that he's been at basically since uh, 2016? Uh, What are your thoughts on on where Jose Ramirez is and and the progression that we've seen uh, over the last few years?
0: You know, Joe. You, if you look at his uh, stat line, at his career, I mean, is this he has had eight quality seasons in a row. I mean, you know, when when you look at a Hall of Fame player, you look at his peak years. This guy has has been at at the top of his game for eight years, and you know, he's only what he's thirty. He'd probably play this year at thirty-one, maybe. Um, you know, so maybe, I, maybe he's Dominican. Go ahead yeah 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 so uh so i mean uh you know it it is it's remarkable to watch him play. I don't, I don't see him losing anything uh, this season. Um, you know, it was impressive that he played a few games in winter ball this, this past, se- you know, the past off season. I, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't, I, I still don't understand that why he did it. But, uh, you know, I, when, when I get to spring training, I want to ask him if that helped him. Maybe that's, he wanted, he needed that to get going again. Um, but, uh Yeah, just, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, this is the guy that makes the Guardians go. I think if they could find a number two hitter, Joe, drop him back to the number three spot, I think he'll be much more comfortable and even more productive than usual offensively.
1: Over, under on the number of just, you know, pure Jose Ramirez moments that we're going to get. You know, when he has a a wild trip around the bases or, uh, you know, he... he uh, he gets in a fight with uh, Tim Anderson or, you know, something, (laughs) something we walk away from the ballpark, uh, you know, at least, you know, what's say three and a half. I'll put the over under at three and a half. You're taking the over or the under a number of those nights where we just walk out of the ballpark going Jose Ramirez, man.
0: Yeah. I I think Joe, if they are going to, if they're going to be a contender, that you've got to go way over that. If they're going to win this division, if they're going to be a serious threat, you know, and played meaningful games in September. he's got to have ten to fifteen jose moments.
1: oh wow, that's a lot oh, uh Hoynes here smashing the over on jose Ramirez moments all right we'll uh, we'll hold you to that maybe we'll we'll revisit that with a podcast in uh in november and, and see how that goes. uh question number nine, how will manager Stephen Vogt handle his first season as manager, and you know we've mentioned this uh, a bunch since they since they hired vote. Uh, they've surrounded him with a, a good support staff, but uh, eventually there's going to be, co- there's going to come that moment where it's going to be vote making a decision and it's going to impact a game and a win or a loss. Uh, how do you think Steven vote will handle uh, this season of firsts
0: for himself? I think he I think he's prepared for this. You know, he's, he's always wanted to be a manager. Um, I think he's ready for it, but you, you You know, you're not ready for it, I don't think, until the game starts. So I'm glad they've got like 30 spring training games to get through. And then uh, then the real test comes in the regular season. But I think, you know, he seems like he's got his head on straight. He's he's you know, he's just off the field, Joe. I think that's going to really, really help him. And like you said, he's got good people around him, the good, good experienced coaching staff around him. Uh, I think he's going to prosper.
1: You don't realize it until you're doing this every day, and you're you're sort of attached to the cycle of it every day. How much injuries are a focus for a manager on a daily basis? Knowing uh, you know all the guys on the roster and what their health level is and what their their performance level is at. Uh, uh, do you think uh, you know this is something that can get overwhelming, especially for a, a, a first year guy? Uh, how do you think he's gonna handle things if if injuries just sort of start to pile up
0: well you know he's he's he played ten years he's been injured he's been on the i l so he knows that from a player's point of view, but how it impacts a ball club you know and now that impacts him and his ability to put a you know the best lineup possible on the field every day i think that's the thing you have to deal with and you know if this team you know really from a position player standpoint isn't that deep. At least it doesn't seem that deep. So if they get a few injuries that really take them out of contention, then it's a grind. Then the job becomes a grind. Then, you know, you're trying to, you know, you know, throw stuff against the wall just to win a ball game. And uh, that, that that's a test and that's a test for experienced managers. And uh, you know, for, for a rookie manager, you know, you, you might be pulling your hair out, you know, a, a couple nights of, you know, two or three nights every week.
1: Terry Francona came to Cleveland with that mystique, with that, you know, credibility, you know, with that World Series pedigree. Uh, and, and you know, it, 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 you didn't have to in. He didn't have to inspire guys or, or get guys to play for him. Uh, I mean, he was Terry Francona. That was it was an automatic, you know, even veterans and, and rookies alike. What did, what does Stephen Vogt have to do to get these guys to play for him?
0: Yeah, I think you know he's got to get to know him. You know he's had the off season to make his phone calls, to uh, visit certain players. You know he's been out, and I'm sure he's been out in spring training in Goodyear for the last few weeks. You know getting to know people coming in in the early camp, so you know they know him, they get a read on him, and uh, you know they'll see how he reacts during games, what his tendencies are, and uh, just you know the the biggest thing about players is you got to be honest with them. You you got it. You can't you can't BS him. And he knows that he's just off the field. You know, your personality goes a long way. If you're honest with the guy, if you look him in the eye, you know, that that goes a long way with players.
1: Yeah, I, I think he needs to be uh, be himself and and be honest and be genuine. And, and that'll uh, from what I've seen and from what I've encountered with uh, with Stephen vote already, uh, I think that'll that'll take it that he'll get guys to play for him in that in that way. All right, uh, finally, uh, question number 10. Uh, how much offense will the Guardians get from their catchers? Uh, this was the the, the big <laughs> the big move in the offseason was to bring back Austin Hedges on a $4 million contract. Uh, so that doesn't address the catcher's offense. Uh, it, it definitely improves the uh, improves the entire clubhouse uh, just by having uh, Hedges' presence there. But uh, really, this question is about Bo Naylor. This question is about... Will Bo Naylor take that next step, continue to take that next step that we saw uh, in, in the, the second half of the season last year uh, where things sort of clicked and, and locked in for Bo, uh, you know, after he, he stumbled uh, following his, his debut a little bit and then, you know, just really sort of locked in? Uh, is, is Bo Naylor uh, the offense that the Guardians have been looking for at the catching position for so long?
0: Oh, I think so, Joe. We saw him really come on in the second half, uh, especially, you know, late in, you know, the, in uh, August and September. I thought he really kind of relaxed and settled in, swung the bat well, and you know, he's got some pop in that bat. He I mean, it's a nice easy kind of swing, kind of has a little lift to it. I mean, when he hits it, the ball gets out of there fast. So I, you know, I definitely think, you know, th- he, if he stays healthy, he is really going to help this offense and it's going to make such a difference, Joe, having him in the, in the lineup from opening day, you know, hopefully throughout the, you know, for the, for, from hopefully having him from a, for a wire to wire up, you know, season, a wire to wire performance, you know, because it was so spotty last year. He was up, he was down. We didn't really get to see him on a regular basis until after the break. And even then he wasn't playing every day.
1: And as long as we don't go back to the nightmare of Mike Zanino and Cam Gallagher uh, offensively uh, at the plate, that was uh, we don't need uh, haunted houses in Cleveland. We don't need uh, any sort of Halloween uh, decoration. That was the the, the nightmare uh, bef- before <laughs> Halloween. It uh, was the entire season of of Zanino and uh, Cam Gallagher catching and and at the plate last year. Uh, so anything's got to be better than that. All right, Hoinsley, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll look forward to talking with you uh, again tomorrow here on Cleveland.com.
0: All right, Joe. Thanks.